The following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right, it's me, it's me. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer, Lee Walker, and I am joined by my pristine co-hosts from Twitch.tv, Perched on the Top Rope, Alex Todd, the adorable one, and Mr. 104 himself, the Perched Correspondent, who I will be going to the big event this weekend, meeting a bunch of WWE personalities, AEW, and more. And killing our wallets while we're at it. Because I didn't already spend $1,000 on Cody Rhodes and Edge alone. Right behind Just you, in Largito. That's me, that's me. And uh, unlike Chris Jericho, every other uh, show on my list is an armbar. Of my uh, <laughs> oh good lord, the man of a thousand and four holds, the man of a hundred and four shows. Justin, how you doing, buddy? I'm I'm good, man. Uh, this has been a week, and it's just getting started. So, well, usually Sunday through Saturday is a week, so here we are again. But, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk some wrestling rumors, some wrestling shows. We're going to talk about the biggest wrestling show coming up to us in a couple of weeks, the annual showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania. But first, speaking of WrestleMania, I know I'm not the only one that's been wondering this. We've been getting closer and closer to WrestleMania week by week. We've been watching Raw. We've been watching SmackDown. We've been watching the awesome Bloodline stories that have been unfolding in front of us. But something has just seemed like it's been missing from the road to WrestleMania this year. And I just don't know if I could put my finger on it. Oh, yeah. Where are the fucking Hall of Fame announcements? Guys, we usually get our first WWE Hall of Fame inductee announcement before the goddamn Royal Rumble comes on. And in this year, there was nothing going into the Rumble. And I was like, well, I mean, that's not too out of the ordinary. There has been times in the past where, you know, if they didn't have like a huge lineup, because sometimes there's more, sometimes there's less. Sometimes you'll see them start after the Rumble. And then we kept going. And then we kept going. And we were at Elimination Chamber. And I'm like, damn, like half the lineups announced by this time. Because, you know, they want to give a couple weeks to kind of try and sell the tickets. And now here we are. What, guys, like two, three weeks away? Yeah. What are we at? Two weeks? We're about three, we're about three weeks out. Yeah, uh, we're about three weeks out from WrestleMania. And not a single damn member of the WWE Hall of Fame has been announced and i couldn't wrap my brain around it i couldn't figure out why it was happening it just didn't make sense to me and then i read something online today that clicked and we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about whether we think if this is true that it's a good move a bad move okay so in the past the wwe hall of fame was its own separate event ceremony whatever like you got tickets to the hall of fame and you went and you watched it they've done this i think they started it last year yeah, because the year before they were still in the Thunderdome. They started this last year too, 
where now they take the WWE Hall of Fame after the go-home show of Friday Night SmackDown goes off the air. And someone brought to my attention today, that means they're not selling tickets for the event. They're not selling tickets for the Hall of Fame anymore. It's literally just an extra. If you already got tickets to SmackDown, you're going to the Hall of Fame. So they really don't need to promote it per se ahead of time anymore. It would still be nice if they did, but they don't need to promote the Hall of Fame anymore ahead of time to try and sell more tickets because there's already going to be an arena full of people there waiting for WrestleMania to happen. With that being said, there's been rumors that the WWE Hall of Fame class might not be announced until right before or at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony this year. Guys, if that is true, I want to know where you guys stand with this. I It's a miss for me, specifically because that's one of my favorite parts of the road to WrestleMania is finding out who's going into the Hall of Fame. Um, I understand, like other sports, they, like baseball, NFL, they will announce a whole entire Hall of Fame class together, but they still do it at least six months out from the Hall of Fame ceremony. They don't do it right before the event. Even if they announce them all now, you're only three weeks out. So where do you guys stand on that? Okay, so it's definitely the issue of, you know, the Hall of Fame is taped after SmackDown, or I should say it streams live on the cock after SmackDown. Uh, you know, we all are expecting Batista to be the headline <clears throat> this year. I think that's just a given at this point. Uh, you know, already announced a few years ago, but then deciding not to go in at the time because... You know, who wants to go into the Hall of Fame in front of a, bu- a bunch of video screens? Kane sure wanted to, Rob Van Dam sure wanted to, Eric Bischoff, JBL, so on and so forth. Well, that talking- and also Batista was very um, adamant about being safe with the whole COVID-19 pandemic, too. He was one of the few people that was very, very gung-ho about, like, trying to be safe. Well, I, I anyway... Uh, like I said, we're all expecting Batista to go in. I don't foresee a situation where, you know, they announce the Hall of Fame inductees at the actual event because you got to think about it. They do sell merchandise for the Hall of Fame, still WrestleMania weekend every year. They sell these, you know, limited edition T-shirts based off of who's going into the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, so they definitely don't want to lose out on that money, I feel like. And, you know, take a look at last year. We had The Undertaker going in as the headliner. It's the fucking Undertaker at the end of the day. So they announced The Undertaker back in January, uh, right before Rumble or probably right after the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, everyone else kind of came, like, towards the very end as we were getting to the Hall of Fame. So it seems like they just don't have that level headliner this year like The Undertaker. And that's no offense to Batista. He's, you know, had a great career for himself. Yeah, and I think that's just part of what it is, you know, that they they don't feel the need to promote this and sell tickets because whoever's going to SmackDown seeing it and, you know, they've got their tickets already. I would think you would want to push the hell out of at least Batista, though, if you're not if you're going to just announce the rest towards the end. I would think you would still want to push the hell out of Batista further out only because of the fact that he's a crossover mainstream star. Like people that don't watch a ton, millions of people that don't watch wrestling know who Dave Batista is strictly from him being in the Marvel movies. Yes, but all those people aren't going to Los Angeles to watch Batista go into the Hall of Fame. They'll watch it on Peacock. True. Yeah, that'll that won't be where you get people in the building. That'll be more towards subscribers or watching it on YouTube or whatever. Right. Look at it like this. Anyone who's going to SmackDown, 
the night before WrestleMania is already going to WrestleMania. They're already in town. They're already in Los Angeles. You know, they're not they're not flying into Los Angeles for SmackDown. Anyone who has a ticket is going. It's you may have a few walk-ups that day. You may sell some tickets after your initial announcement, but uh you know, anyone who's going is pretty much locked in right now. It's just so weird for me, man. I've never seen the Hall of Fame like this before. Well, maybe they'll break a, a news story to Fox Sports or TMZ or something next week saying someone's going into the Hall of Fame. Because maybe, maybe we should just break the story at this point. Yeah, why not? I know. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. We'll do it. Ladies and gentlemen, your first inductee into the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame, Mantar. Hell yeah. To be All inducted right. by Black Taurus. Get out of here. Lee. I think it's bullshit to be honest with you you know we as WWE fans there's no actual legitimate Hall of Fame and we have an interview actually Alex with Jerry the King Lawler where he talks about the Hall of Fame and talks about where the Hall of Fame should be and talks about who he needs to talk to about having a Hall of Fame I think we could put that out this week, right? Or next week. Oh, yeah. You know, we could absolutely next, do that. You know, um, as long-time, you know, long-term fans here, the three of us, I would say, I am so used to the Hall of Fame being announced, like you had said, Alex, literally, like, right after the Royal Rumble. They start Sometimes do- right before. They start doing a weekly announcement of who is going in with a video package of that wrestler and then that's when they start putting out new merchandise on that uh said wrestler Mm -hmm. you know we watched it time and time and time again they're dropping the ball here i feel like especially when it comes to the merchandise uh for that wrestler and especially because a lot of wrestlers, after they get into the Hall of Fame, like once that announcement happens, you know, they are, you know, their independent bookings go up also. So, you know, if these are Hall of Famers that are going in that are still doing that, they can't, you know, be like, hey, I'm going into the Hall of Fame, you know, and then get those extra bookings leading up to this. You know, so that's like for me a, a drop number one is it's not actually helping those wrestlers themselves. Right. Uh, drop number two here is definitely the miss on the merchandise right now. Yeah, it's great that like they'll have it at WrestleMania, they'll even have the stuff at SmackDown, but you're dropping the ball because us fans, like fans who aren't going to WrestleMania, could be buying the t shirt of the wrestler right now going into the Hall of Fame or the new merchandise that they put on wweshop.com. So that's drop number two. Drop number three is the fact that having it after SmackDown, if you watched it like I did last year, the Steiners had all of seven minutes. How do you sum up your career, your over 30-year career in the industry with, with with the Steiner brothers, and they have seven minutes? You know, we've watched in the past where on the WWE Network or on the USA Network, 
these speeches that a lot of these wrestlers got to have went for a very long time. I was going to say Undertaker's speech last year went for nearly an hour. Yeah. So, you know, it, meanwhile, the Steiners got seven minutes and then some even had, you know, less than that. Um, we've seen in the past with wrestlers having huge amounts of time because, you know, WWE had paid for the time, whether it was their own network or on the USA network where you got a short inversion, but it was still a three hour show. I say you got to let them say what they need to say, get what they want off their chest of, of the industry. You can't sum up your career in just a few minutes. It's not fair to them at all. And it doesn't give the new casual fan the opportunity to learn who that wrestler is. Hence why I'm very big on announcing early because you get a whole video package just on that wrestler that helps teach the younger crowd who that wrestler is. Mm -hmm. And you can say what you want. Well, if they want to know who it is, they'll go to Peacock but that's how you get them to Peacock. Yes, but if they don't know who the wrestler is literally day of, like, so there's strike number three. You're missing out on the views that you would get on Peacock. Right, because they're not going to have the time if you're just announcing it then. They're not going to have the time to go and watch, a, like, a documentary or old matches on Peacock because it's WrestleMania weekend at that point. They've got Stand to Deliver. They've got the SmackDown before they've got WrestleMania's night one and two and whatever shows in the industry might be going on that weekend. If they announced it earlier, you have plenty of time to have those people then watch them on the network and then choose if a, they uh, want to buy merch B want to be more invested in the speech or C that might even get final tickets towards the end. Yeah. Now say you're not the casual fan. I can keep going with these strikes. I'm about to hit you with strike number four. Say you're a fan like Justin and I. We are figure collectors. Now say they we don't have an announcement of who these people are going into the Hall of Fame. But then uh, you find out just as you're getting to LAX, you know, or getting into your hotel room or you just get there, you know, that Thursday or Friday night. And then it's announced that, oh, yeah, they're going to be doing signings, too. And then you're like, huh. well, yeah, well, my figures are halfway across the country. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, luckily for you guys, I'm not going this year, so I can just overnight all your shit to you. This happened to me one night at the big event when I'm down in New York City because I've got... uh the inspiration or the iconics, if you will, as guests of mine. And up the next day, we were going up to Albany for an autograph show. While I'm in at the big event, I don't have any of this person's figures on me. It gets announced that Scott Hall would be at uh, this autograph show in Albany. I had no way to get any of my stuff. And I was mad. I think I think you both remember how this went for me. Oh, I remember. I was pissed. I found out at the big event, and I think I screamed the biggest F you in the world. And then he never had that chance again, because then when we went to showcase, that day we went to the last showcase together was the day that we found out that Scott Hall was basically on life support for the next 24 hours, and then unfortunately his passing afterwards. 
yeah it was uh very sad to to say the least and absolutely but so, yeah i kind of want to piggyback off of uh, what lee said so here's another thing i kind of thought about you have the hall of fame after smackdown i don't really have an issue with that so i was there at the hall of fame last year and smackdown and i thought the way that they handled it was very well we had like a brief 20 minute intermission so they can get set up you know set up the chairs set up the podium take the ropes off the ring and everything even though drew mcintyre did a good job no no excuse me he didn't that was the next night at WrestleMania. He didn't cut the ropes at the Hall of Fame, but he probably should have because it would have made more sense. But um, yeah, we had that brief intermission, came back. And, you know, even to think about it like this, you can get more eyes on, on Peacock and the Hall of Fame because you have that two-hour episode of SmackDown on Fox to, you know, promote that Hall of Fame special coming on immediately after SmackDown. So, you know, that's just how I'm looking at it, too. Now, here's my here's my idea for a dark horse reason as to why they're doing this. This isn't the I don't think they're going this route, but this is more of a what if what if WWE has decided that they're going kind of like the impact wrestling route that they go with their Hall of Fame. And at the biggest show of their year, they announce who's going into the Hall of Fame and start it, and they're changing, hypothetically, the Hall of Fame date to SummerSlam. I I don't see that being the case. Uh, You know, I get what you're trying to say. Give it a little bit of time. Because I do think, and it looks like they are kind of realizing that, too, that they do need smaller classes every year because they're kind of running out of people to, you know, put in who are Hall of Fame worthy. That and sometimes they're running out of time on the show too and they have to cut matches early or cut the Hall of Fame ceremony that takes place at Mania, the presentation. They have to cut that short sometimes. They don't get the time that they used to anymore. And speaking of the time, another thing Lee brought up was, you know, the the speeches have kind of been short and they've been kind of given, you know, this is your time and, you know, don't go over it. Don't don't go over it pretty much. I think you can thank Ric Flair's Hall of Fame speech for that. I don't even, I wouldn't even blame Ric Flair for it, man. Like, there are a lot of people who have done it. Yeah, um, Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim. Mother Mr. T. T. Um, you know, the, the best way I can, like, give an example, and this was depressing this year. So if you remember WrestleMania 34, that Hall of Fame class, uh, ironically, Hillbilly Jim was in that one, mm-hmm. and the headliner was Goldberg. For some reason, everyone felt the need to go over on their speeches that year. So by the time we got to Goldberg, at least on Eastern time, it was all oh, at least one in the morning, probably after that. Yeah, that was like and, the longest Hall of Fame ceremony ever. Yeah, and if you like pan the camera out like they did a few times, you can see like half the crowd has just left. Including not the even, wrestlers. Not even the superstars are there. Like they... They did a close up on Titus O'Neil and his sons are just sleeping on him. Like it's, it, it's. I can understand the time limit on the speeches at this point, but well, and know, half of those guys had to go home and get some, like, go to the rooms and get some sleep for the show right, the next got day. Mania the next day, right? Like, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I think Randy Orton got up and left. Oh, Randy Orton definitely left. I, I yeah. remember. That. I'm fucking tired. I got to go. <laughs> that's that's a Randy Orton thing too. So that I absolutely believe that. He's but, like, I'm uh, just in the United States title match tomorrow. No biggie. I, I can right. I can go home and go to bed. 
Oh man, I forgot Randy Orton was United States champion. Jesus. Yeah, Christ. he won into Mania that year as United States champion. Oh man, what a month that was. What a weird thing. The but title I, just didn't look right with Orton. Right. I mean, I do agree. Like, you know, the, these guys like the Steiner brothers should get, you know, a little bit more time for their speeches. But I also understand, you know, like the time constraints and putting them on a limit. Well, I, I also think the Steiner brothers may have just been um, a case of they didn't want Scott Steiner having an open mic for too long as well. Right. <laughs> but, um, okay. So, yeah, that was my what if, because I just didn't know if, what if you thought of maybe if they were moving to to SummerSlam just to maybe give them more time. That was like a, a fantasy situation. But speaking of the Hall of Fame, we're going to talk about the very first rumor that we've got about the Hall of Fame this year. Um, Mick Foley on Foley's pod said, I received a text message from somebody and I'd had no contact with for a while years and years, asking if I would induct them into the WWE Hall of Fame. As this plays out, we will see. There is always a chance that requests will be denied, but I know this person responded back to WWE that I was in. As of this moment, I'm counting on being there at the Hall of Fame to induct this person. I want to get your guys' thoughts on who you think it is. You get one pick each. Justin, who do you think McFoley's talking about inducting into the hall of fame man i don't know honestly i've been trying to like kind of think you know who mick foley is close to in the business and you know who he's you know had a long-standing rivalry with maybe or somebody he's yeah i, I don't know uh terry funk is already in with the funk brothers uh i i doubt it but maybe the rock but i don't see mick foley being the one to induct the rock if that were the case no i feel like if the rock gets inducted i feel like he either gets inducted by a returning vince or cena at this point yeah and yeah honestly i'm not 100 percent sure the the first one I thought about was Terry Funk, and then I go, oh yeah, Terry Funk's already in the Hall of Fame, so that wouldn't make much sense. All right, so I want you to straight shoot right now, then, because you're not walking away with no guests. I you got to think of the first person that comes to mind that is not in the Hall of Fame that McFoley could be inducting. Go, Chainsaw Charlie. Okay, no, it could be <laughs> the the gimmick version. Okay, Lee. Okay, Lee. Who do you think McFoley is inducting into the WWE Hall of Fame if this is true? I mean, they did just have a Chainsaw Charlie figure come out. He's just looking at all of his figures in his room to just decide yeah. who he thinks it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can't see this, but if you want to see this room, it's actually really, really cool. You can go to youtube.com slash perch on the top rope. It is, I believe, in the unboxing section. It is uh, the era... Uh, room tour so go check it out uh yeah i'm actually looking at my figures trying to figure out uh, a name and, and chainsaw charlie doesn't come to mind <laughs> but neither does mantar sadly uh, the person i'm going with when he says he hasn't talked to in a long time i would Say is someone he worked with in the early 90s. 
uh, former WCW champion. They really didn't run into each other, I would say, after that. Because while one was in WCW, the other was in the WWF. I'm going to say it's Lex Luger. Okay. I'm going with Lex Luger. Uh, Lex was somebody who also advocated that he wanted to go into the Hall of Fame and that he made a big deal that if he did, he would actually get up and walk, which if you guys know, uh, we've all met him. Uh, he now has issues uh, where, you know, he, he has a cane. He can walk a little bit, but it's not much. It's to take a couple steps, stand up, take the photo with somebody, and he sits right back down. So, you know, he had advocated for that, and, you know, we know his past, but he's also, you know, turned life around. And uh, I've interviewed Lex, and he's a really, really nice guy. So I'm going with Lex Luger. It's the, the only name that really comes to mind that would be someone that I would think that Mick fully has not talked to in a long time, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I want a slightly different route. Um, when I think of Mick Foley, I think of hardcore and I think of extreme. With that being said, I'm going to go with a person that Mick feuded long ago with. Not in TNA, not in WWE, not in WCW. I'm okay. going extreme. I'm going with somebody from Mick Foley's past in ECW, and I'm going to say that he's going to be inducting Sabu into the Hall of Fame. Okay, wow. That was that's the only person that I can think of because when I thought of Mick, I thought, like I just said, extreme hardcore. Um, so I thought of a lot of the ECW guys he was around with. My yeah. thing once I narrowed it down was that most of the ECW uh former roster falls into like four categories. They're either sadly no longer with us. They are blackballed from being involved in anything with WWE. You'll never see New Jack in the Hall of Fame, sadly. Or they are tied up with other companies. Like your Impact Wrestling. So, obviously, Bully's already in the Hall of Fame. Tommy Dreamer could not be unless they struck a deal with Impact. Could not be Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer is with Impact Wrestling right now. So I went to ECW, and the only person that I could really think of was Sabu. I want to point out, I, I just want to say, like, if they, if it is Sabu, if you are right, I think it's fucking stupid that they would put Sabu in a year before they're in Philadelphia for WrestleMania. Oh, I agree. Because we you, we all talked about this on the show with uh, the, the guys from Bot Shots and SmackDraw last week. Next year in Philly, I feel like most of the Hall of Fame should be ECW related. I think going in with a theme would be cool. And I think taking advantage of the people that were in ECW would have been a great. And I agree. But when you really think about it, most of the people you could see from ECW going into the Hall of Fame are already in or they're in AEW. Right? Yeah. Or fall into the other categories that I had just spoken about. So really... Sabu would have been a great person if they were going with an ECW theme. Sabu would have been a great person to headline next year 
I mean, maybe they would have to really push that the whole weekend theme is hardcore and tribute to ECW. Like that would have to be the theme of the Hall of Fame and Mania, I feel like. Right. Because if not, I think fans are going to shit on Sabu being the headliner. But I mean, I just I don't know who else. Sabu wouldn't be my headliner next year. I know who my headliner would be. Who's your headliner? All fucking Heyman. Ooh. It would have. It has to be. Like, I get that his career is not done with yet, but, like, by the time that they come to Philly again, Heyman's probably not going to be in the business anymore. Right. Because this bloodline story is coming to its end. Right. He's got to be Never mind. So, I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts of who it could possibly be? I mean, like you said, a long stretch, maybe The Rock, but, like, if Rock's already there for fucking... They, they Hall of Fame weekend. Why couldn't they have just put him in the show too? They would have said the Rock's going into the Hall of Fame by now if it was if it was yeah. right. And also if the Rock was going into the Hall of Fame, you know, damn sure he was gonna be getting one last match before he went in. Right. I mean it could be a legend that we're just like kind of overlooking, you know what I mean? Too. It could be someone out like really random out of the seventies, like someone we were too young to like not even a lot watch. <laughs> Hold on. He said it's somebody he hasn't spoken to in a long time. What if it's mankind? What if, what if one of his gimmicks is getting inducted and he's inducting himself in a way that only Mick Foley could? Oh, then it's got food love. Ooh, the character he always originally wanted to be. Yeah, like what if it's actually one of the three faces of Foley and he's inducting himself? The only reason I said mankind is because he said talk to the person and mankind used to talk to himself all the time well mick foley can go into the hall of fame another four times when you think about it on top of his current induction and well, maybe he will for all we know mankind dude love cactus jack and santa claus so don't forget leopard print mick foley from tna oh commissioner foley don't forget commissioner foley oh yeah can't forget commissioner foley fuck um well, yeah but no that's that's all i got um I mean, it might be something even better that we're just overlooking, like you said, but it's it's interesting if this is to be believed that, um, you know, it'll kind of keep people on their toes for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but continuing on with rumors and news in the pro wrestling world, we have learned that Saray of WWE's NXT has announced that she will not be, she didn't announce it, it was announced for her, um, that she was booked for shows in Japan and she will not be renewing her WWE NXT contract when her contract expires. This is yet another case of a Japanese superstar, I feel like, not being treated respectfully in NXT and deciding, I'm out and going back to Japan. Lee's just like, who? Soraya? <laughs> yeah. Um... Justin is heartbroken over this. I I honestly forgot about her to be honest with you. Um, so I'll I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, once I noticed she wasn't on the two K twenty three roster, uh, despite being DLC last year, uh, I kind of figured something was up at that point because you don't just take people out who are on the current roster randomly. Uh, and then this news came out, and you know, in her case, I feel like it was just wrong time for her to come in. She came in right at the tail end of the black and gold era of NXT, transitioning into 2.0, the rainbow show. And 
you know, at that time, at least things, things have kind of changed now. And you can tell watching NXT weekly uh, at that time, they were looking for, you know, 19, 18 to 25 year old women. Saray, I don't believe falls into that category. Uh, and, you know, that she just wasn't what they were looking for for the longest time. And she has, I had to look it up. She hasn't been on NXT TV since August of last year. And her she last lost... match was against <laughs> Mandy Rose, another one who is no longer in the company. <laughs> um, God, good Lord. Even before that, like she, she went to NXT UK, did two matches. And then before that, I want to say it was about April around this time last year, she appeared on NXT. So a lot of start and stop with her and, you know, that gimmick with the anime girl who transforms into this fucking character. I don't, I don't even know what happened. No more Sailor Moon shit. Yeah, no more sit, no more ambulant on fucking NXT Weekly. But uh, yeah, I, I do feel bad for her in a way because I feel like if she had come in a year prior than what she did, she at least would have had a chance, you know? All right. And this situation reminds me very, very much so of the Hideo Tommy situation. Um, with the exception of the injuries, uh, Hideo Tommy, for those who don't know, who haven't, you know, watched old NXT is a uh, current Bullet Club member, New Japan superstar, Kenta. He he had a rough, rough show in uh, NXT and then went up to 205 Live, was there, that was about it, then he left. Um. Kind of reminds me of that similar situation, and and it's unfortunate because she was one of, if not the top female free agent in indie wrestling, and um, when she got signed with WWE, it is a shame, but as always, the Japanese talent that make their way back to New Japan, All Japan, Stardom, Shimmer, wherever you may have, um, they they tend to bounce back on their feet pretty well. Kenta's doing great. That That is a... Um, that's a showing right there. Kyrie Sane is doing great right now. Even though she did just lose the title, she's been making moves too on the indie scene. And uh, yeah, I think Saray will be all right. But speaking of contract scenarios, we have also learned that Brian Cage's contract with AEW will be running up soon and that there is supposed interest from one WWE. You guys think that Brian Cage would be a good fit in WWE? Yes or no, and why? Honestly, yes. I, I've i said it for the longest time. Uh, you know, since I first saw Brian Cage roughly, what, 10 years ago, I would say? Jesus Christ, that's crazy to think about already. But um, he just seems like something or someone that WB would absolutely want. Like, he just has everything they want, you know? Like, he, he's jacked to the gills. He's athletic. Maybe not the best on the mic, but you know what? You can but- kind of around that yeah and he makes up for that with his charisma like with with facial expressions like there's a lot of guys that can talk on the mic but then when they try and show emotion in the ring they're emotionless brian cage is not that he he is good with his facial expressions in the ring he's good um he's able to tell stories with his emotions and you know if he's in peril you can see that on his face you can tell when there's rage on his face um the only area that he lacks and like you said justin i believe is mic skills but there's an easy remedy to that yeah it's just so when i hear davies interested in brian cage am i surprised absolutely not i'm surprised it took this long for them to have interest in him because like i said he just seems like everything they would want like a complete package to them yeah um 
Brian Cage reminds me of the modern day Samoa Joe in the sense of what we were talking about last week with the guys when we had said how Joe basically had it all, but has been criminally underrated in every company he's ever been in. I think the same can be said with Brian Cage. Yes, he was Impact World Champion in Impact, but when he wasn't World Champion, like he wasn't doing anything in that company either. Um, AEW, obviously the same situation. He's got a little more exposure, but not much. Um, you know, I the, the last time I actually saw this man shine was when he was in Lucha Underground. Yeah, the man they call Cage, bro. He was great in Lucha Underground. He was like one of their top stars, one of their top faces, and everybody loved Brian Cage in Lucha Underground. And I, ironically, he never held the Lucha Underground title. They didn't need to. They, they were too busy giving it giving it to uh, Marty the Marf Martinez and. You know, Jake Strong, who some didn't, people may know as Jake Hager today. Didn't Chavo Guerrero hold it at one point, too? Uh, Chavo like, did not. I thought he uh, did, but never was able to cash it in. I think he held the Gift of the Gods champion. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's yeah. the one with all the, the medallions, the Jackie Chan symbols, if you remember right. the old Jackie Chan cartoon. And Cage definitely had the Gift of the Gods title, I remember. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, no, the Lucha Underground championship. I would I would skim. I'd never watched every single episode, but it felt like whenever I was watching it, it was just like always Prince Puma holding the championship. Prince Puma, who everybody would know as WWE's Ricochet. Wait a minute, that's Ricochet? Oh yeah, that's Ricochet, bud. Bro, no, Prince Puma has a mask. That can't be Ricochet. Hold on. Here's the one that'll blow your mind even more. Johnny Mundo? It's John Morrison. No. Next, you're gonna tell me John Morrison is Johnny Impact. I don't want to fucking hear you. Yeah, yeah. You ready? You ready for this one? Johnny All Elite is Johnny Nitro. Well, you need to fucking stop, bro. Oh my god. No. This is not right. Yo, here's the question though. Going back, your mind quick. Why didn't they call him? Why didn't they call him Johnny Raw instead of Johnny Nitro? Nitro wasn't on the air at that point for like five years. Because that's not PG. Uh, Yeah. That's fair. Um, let me blow your mind. Mil Muertes. Remember Judas Macias from Oh, TNA? yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> Hold on. Ready? Kill shot? Swerve Strickland. No. Oh, no, oh, wait. No, no. They I, they, they did unmask him on the show, so I just... <laughs> everyone should know that. There was there was one other one. King, King Cuerno. Who the hell was he? Santos Escobar. Ah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, El Hijo del Fantasma. Whatever the fuck that name was, thank God, thank God it changed. Jesus Christ! I mean, that wasn't just a WWE name. He went by that in uh, AAA as well. I know, but thank God it changed. I agree. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like half of the WWE roster, or in some AEW roster, used to work for Lucha Underground. That that in uh, AAA are the reasons that Penta has to still go by Penta El Cerro Miedo because he can't legally go by Pentagon Junior. I would just fucking shorten his name to Penta at this point. Jesus Christ. I know, right? Yeah, for real. But, you know, with this thing with Brian Cage, he would be a great fit for WWE. He's jacked to the gills, but we've watched him wrestle like a cruiserweight. So he's versatile in his wrestling. It's why he was so great in Lucha Underground. It was why he was great in Impact. However, uh, AEW just, in my opinion, dropped the ball with him. Yep. You have him, you know, they had a match with him and Wardlow with no buildup. 
just you know i'm you know for the the tnt championship there when ward was like i'll defend it every week blah 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 blah. like you know because someone's got to pull the john cena card doesn't matter what fucking company they are you know how the title changes hands every week yeah like you know ridiculous however sitting here thinking about it 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 just becomes the fact that in my opinion and I put this on our Facebook at facebook.com slash person on the top rope. Back in the WCW, WWF days, in WCW, at the time it was 1994, 1995, you had two wrestlers who were up-and-comers that WCW was looking at potentially being the next big thing for the company. Those two names were one, Alex Wright, and the other one was Terror Rising, who we also know as Triple H. Also known as John Paul Levesque, who you can uh, play as in 2K23 coming next week. So WWE, you know, or I'm sorry, WCW ends up letting Hunter go. He ends up, you know, you know, he knows there's bigger and better things for him. And, and look at how his career went. Let's be honest. However, Alex Wright's career in WCW didn't pan out as I think WCW had would have thought it would be. Obviously, as he was a lower mid card guy. Now, I look at this in this sort of sense because you have Wardlow, who AEW is realistically looking at as the next big thing for their company, and then they have Brian Cage who should be the next big thing, you know, for the company, but is not. And obviously will not be the next big thing for that company. And the only reason why he should be the next big thing is just, again, look at him. While he's not great on the mic, that's fine. Give him a manager. The bloodline's breaking up. Paul Heyman's going to need something to do, right? There's his new, there's his uh, his new Paul Heyman guy. You know, yeah, you could easily uh, have Brian get signed by WWE, have him do like a short, maybe six month stint in NXT, um, you know, kind of give Paul Heyman some time off after doing this whole bloodline thing and then bring them in together when Brian debuts on the main roster. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, it gives him time to go through NXT, which I think people would love to see. And also allows Paul Heyman to take some time off after being involved on television every week for the past three years. Yeah. So the thing that I, I had written on Facebook about this when it comes to Brian Cage and the whole Wardlow thing is that, in my opinion, Wardlow is not the guy. And it should be Brian Cage. Wardlow is Alex Wright. Brian Cage is about to become Triple H. And if he signs to WWE, I guarantee you, WWE makes him a star. Makes him the star he should have been like 10 years ago. Yeah. I agree. And um, now that we know there may not be any tread behind this whole Brock Lesnar retiring after WrestleMania thing, please sign Brian Cage so we can at least get Brock Lesnar versus Brian Cage before Lesnar's career is done. I want to see it so bad. Yeah. Absolutely. 
but it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Brian Cage decides to go elsewhere, stays with AEW, or goes with WWE. Only time will tell. But speaking of AEW, we're going to talk AEW, and we are going to talk Ring of Honor. We're going to touch on Ring of Honor first. Justin, you told me you've been paying attention a little bit to the Ring of Honor presentation since it has been back on, on Honor Club. You said there were some good things. You said there were some bad things. Kind of give us the lay of the land. Yeah, so, okay, I'll, I'll start out with my biggest worry going into this new era of Honor as they're dubbing it on TV. Uh, so anyone who doesn't know, Ring of Honor TV is being taped on the same soundstage as AEW Dark. Now, obviously, this is very worrisome because, in my opinion, you know, Ring of Honor should have their own identity. It shouldn't, you know, be a show that's taped alongside AEW Dark if you want to keep these companies separate. And I know you have, uh, you know, crossover with Ring of Honor and AEW. We're always going to see that as long as Tony Khan's in charge. But I, I think do think Ring of Honor needs its separate identity. Now, coming out of these TV tapings that they have done and what they have aired on Honor Club so far... I give them kudos to, you know, at least, you know, not giving it the same AEW Dark set and giving it the same AEW Dark feel. Uh, one thing I do need think they need to improve on, and I was talking to Alex about this before we came on the air. It feels like, and I feel like this was an issue with the old Ring of Honor too, where it's just, there's no story, you know? It's just kind of match, 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 and nothing is really inserted into there when I think that's necessary. You know, you can have two hours of matches, but if there's nothing to break that up in between, you know, it can get a little boring at times. And I'm it's not basically an indie show at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I know they have their fair share of backstage interviews on the show as, you know, they uh, they did kind of use that a little bit to break up matches on the first episode. But uh, I would like to see them, you know, incorporate more storyline into the show opposed to it being just nonstop matches. Uh, because I feel like it does drag on a bit at, at that point, especially when your first episode is over two hours without commercial breaks. You know, that's a long time to dedicate and sit down and, you know, watch nope. Ring of Honor television. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, nope. That is just like fucking AEW, Dark and Justin. You know how I was at that? Absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Now I see why Jonathan Gresham did the right thing and fucking split. Went to Here, impact. Here's nope. what I here's what I will say though is I did also watch the full first episode of Ring of Honor. I promise you it was better than AEW Dark. I can at least give it that. There was a little more substance to hold on to and bite onto than there is with AEW Dark. Um, where my critique comes in is where I agree with Justin. Um, I, there is a little bit of storytelling, but it is similar in the sense of old Ring of Honor, where they just they do throw a lot of matches out there, and then the, the only one that really has like any big storytelling behind it is the main event segment. They did right. that with old Ring of Honor too, but I will give them a couple weeks, maybe a month, of getting into this before I start critiquing that a little more, because this was kind of the the rebirth of ring of honor so a lot of fans were already kind of hyped for it just because of that um i feel like it coming back for a lot of fans is like a memorial in a sense for jay briscoe as well and where i will say i think they did really well even though we all kind of saw this coming was the transition of eddie kingston 
from AEW over to Ring of Honor. They didn't have anything for him to do in AEW right now, and they've been kind of building this loose cannon gimmick of him kind of reverting back to like his old ways of being absolutely nuts. Uh, let me tell you, though, for a Ring of Honor crowd, when a when Eddie Kingston's music hit, the place went ballistic. Like, that's not a huge crowd, but it was a loud fucking pop, man. Eddie came out in the crowd, went nuts, got in Claudio's face and said, hey, I'm a free agent. I'm 1099, which that one popped me. Um, but then he looks at me and goes, remember how I told Mox I wouldn't beat your ass in AEW? Well, this ain't an AEW, and I'm coming after the world title. And Claudio kind of brushed him off, which kind of led, in my mind, to some things that we saw on Dynamite this past week. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I think Eddie Kingston is a good person to go after the Ring of Honor World Championship. With this being a rebirth of Ring of Honor, too, it is possible with what they're doing with the Blackpool Combat Club on AEW that Claudio might be going back over to the AEW side for a little bit, and they might need a world champion that's going to carry the show. I think Eddie Kingston deserves that at this point in his career. So I I would love to see Eddie Kingston win the Ring of Honor World Championship. That is where I think they did good. They ended the first show with a bang and sent the crowd home happy. So that is at least mostly a success for me. Um, I just like them to, like you said, Justin, in the next coming weeks and months, I would like to see them build on more stories because if so, Ring of Honor really could take over as a secondary brand for uh, Tony Khan. And I think at that point, you could even consider replacing AEW Rampage with Ring of Honor and getting Ring of Honor back on television. Right. And and like, I'll, I'll keep saying this. The length of it is, you know, and I haven't checked out episode two yet, so I don't know if that is the same length, but this show doesn't need to be two hours plus every single week. It can sustain at an hour, break it up each week. It, there's just yeah, no- for now at least. But... Another thing I want to point out, and I don't know if anyone else agrees with me on this, they've been using the, you know, the original Ring of Honor world and tag team titles, and then you still have the television title and everything. I do think Ring of Honor needs a new set of titles, you know, just to kind of freshen things up a bit with the new logo and everything. Just it's it's not a massive issue. Just just think something I think they should do. I agree, because they're kind of using a mix of newer and older titles right now. They're using the original titles for the Ring of Honor World and Tag Team Championships, but they've obviously got the newer version of the Ring of Honor Women's Championship and the Ring of Honor Television Championship, which have more like the the newer design the Ring of Honor was going towards towards the end. I think being uniform and having uh, a similar look to all of their titles would be beneficial to them. You know, especially the tag titles, too, because they, they are using those uh, retro set of Ring of Honor tag titles. And I feel like, you know, retire that design with the Briscoes, you know, let this be the end of that lineage for those titles. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a really good idea. That and the fact that the Ring of Honor World and Tag Team Championships look almost identical. I think your World Championship needs to stick out a little more and not look like completely like your other titles. WWE, looking at you. Um you know, your world and women's championships look exactly the same. Figure that out. Um, I think that they should look different. I'm pretty sure was it the pure championship looks very similar as well. The pure two has that kind of, you know, uh, not a rectangle shape silver plate, but like a straight on the side and then a curved up and down. Yep. Same color. Same. Yeah. It's, it's, it just, it can be confusing to people. 
Obviously, yeah. it's not a big issue to people like us, but new viewers that might pick up onto the show, it might be a little confusing for them if they see the pure champion in one uh, segment of the show and then the world champion in another. Yeah. So, just a thought I had regarding the titles and the presentation of those. Yeah, I'm not going to shit on it too bad because, like I said, we've only seen one episode so far. I haven't watched last night's episode yet, so uh, I, I really can't judge it too much at this point. But other than that, I, I do think it is cool to see Ring of Honor back. I, I'm glad they went with a set that has more lighting than Ring of Honor used to do. You can actually see the colors of the show. I'm big on enforcing your brand's colors and, um, you know, unique look. So I, I like that. I think with the lighting in the show now, too, it, it makes it seem much less like an indie show. Right. So that is cool on my end. Uh, but now we're going to switch it over to AEW. We were talking about Wardlow being the Alex Wright between him and Brian Cage. We're going to talk a little more about Wardlow because Wardlow had some unfortunate luck in this past week. He had a car broken into uh, all of his gear, all of his personal stuff, and the AEW TNT championship were all stolen from his vehicle. And that's not a work, bro. That's a straight shoot. And that is just a fact of life. Um, so, bro, how does this happen to wrestlers, of all people, so goddamn often? Don't Are these guys just not locking their car doors? You, like, you got you to, gotta like, you got to bring your luggage to your hotel before you go out and eat. Let me, let me just say that. Bring it into the, dude, we're normal people. And if I go to a hotel that's in another city, I bring everything that is important into the hotel with me. Right. I wouldn't travel with that shit. Nope. Absolutely not. What I really liked is how uh, they actually used it in the storyline for AEW Dynamite. I think they had to. I don't think he had enough time to get any actual replacement ring gear. I I I don't think he had ring gear was the problem. (laughs) I mean, there was really no choice. But, like, in all honesty, like, if they really wanted to have made that segment really cooler... Like Wardlow should have come out in through the crowd and like taken a fan's TNT championship and then walked to like from the crowd to the ring with it and been like, yo, now I, all right, now I got a title to defend. Here you go. You know, for shits and giggles to at least like poke fun of, you know, the whole ordeal because like, you know, the fan, you know, the fans either going to be upset about it or you think it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. But like, should be the same kid that MJF threw tequila on. But like AEW would like recognize the fan and like have security grab him and like bring him to the back and stuff like that. So, you know, he can get his belt back and like meet the wrestlers, you know, for, you know, doing something like that. Or like knowing ahead of time, you know, they could have had somebody in management go out to, you know, seeing people in the crowd walking in, getting, the, you know, their seats and stuff like that. And been like, hey, uh, we'll take you to the back, meet the wrestlers. Can we borrow your championship? You know, as far as his ring gear and everything like that, it's, this has happened in the past, but like very, very rarely. Um, you know, we don't know how far he was from the arena, you know, or like if it was like he had just gotten out and like went right to go eat somewhere or something like that. I think that was the With, case. Yeah. You know, so like this isn't the first AEW champion to have his car broken into and have the title stolen too. If you remember a couple of years ago, Chris Jericho also had the AEW World Championship stolen out of his car. Yeah, you know, like go to your hotel first, put your shit up if like you really need, you know, 
and then go find something to eat or, you know, get DoorDash or, you know, be a pig and get McDonald's or Wendy's or whatever. Like, I, I know I sound like an asshole with that, but like. It's happened to enough people where there there should people should have a better idea of what to do. It's happened enough times in pro wrestling where like you should be like, oh, shit, I'm the champ. You know, maybe like that shouldn't be be able to be seen from the window of your car as people are walking by it. And even if it's not, maybe you should just make sure you're always having your shit on you. Like, and I'm not talking shit about Wardlow because it is a you. We shouldn't have to worry about people stealing shit, but obviously there's a lot of scumbags in the world, and unfortunately that shit happens. Um, but it made for some interesting television. I'll give it that. Shout out to FTR for giving Wardlow a shirt to wear. Um, I'm going to assume shout out to Darby Allen for giving his TNT championship to Tony Khan to be able to use for the match. No, Tony Khan just has a vault of fucking TNT championships, as it was the case. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but you know what? I honestly surprised me when when uh, when Wardlow first announced that the championship was stolen. I almost thought that they were going to go back to the original TNT championship for the match, not not the red with the gold and everything that was retired for Brody. Oh, you mean the but, one with the diamonds the, on the, the? Yeah, the really like bland one that Cody Rhodes used to come out with the red oh, strap that, that just okay. had the the plain silver on it. Gotcha. Yeah, before it got like golded and jammed up for uh for Brody. I almost thought that they were gonna use that because like that would have been, in my opinion, the only extra title that they may have had laying around still. But I, I'm I'm willing to bet that that was probably Darby Allen's championship. No, I don't think Tony Khan just has a vault of TNT titles. He he just walks in, he's like, Oh, another one, and just hands it off to the whoever the fucking champion is. I mean, it's getting hot potatoed around so long. We all know when wrestlers win titles, they get to keep them even after they lose them. With how often it gets hot potatoed around, he probably just walks with literally a stack of TNT championships to every show in case he decides he's changing the champion more than once during the, the, the event. Well, here's my thing about that. Why the hell didn't they have one at the merch table to just grab? They may have because they did start selling replica TNT titles. It is possible. I don't know if you guys remember Brock Lesnar losing the WWE Championship. Oh no, Universal Championship. Um, years ago, he actually came to the ring with a replica, and not even the good replica, like the plastic replica of the Universal Championship, into the ring. I remember much, that much that. smaller. Match with Braun Strowman at No Mercy. Yep, and the title was much smaller. You could tell from television that it was a fake title. It was a toy. Yes, it was a toy. The championship like fit around his finger. Listen, nobody's going to talk shit to Lesnar. They'll get murdered. That's yeah, you're right. He probably did what you said. He probably took it from some kid. He was probably on his way into the arena, saw some kid holding it, and said, Hey, Buck, I'm from Saskatchewan. This is mine no. now. That's what Braun Strowman did for a match at Mania. He stole a kid from the crowd. Listen, that he, is the man. That is the man. Mick Foley is going to be inducting into like, the WWE Hall of Fame. Mick Foley is inducting Nicholas this year. You know, Lee, when you put it like that, he did steal a kid from the crowd. He literally kidnapped some kid from the. He literally kidnapped a kid from the crowd. I don't Listen, care. It wasn't even a random kid. It was John Cohn's son. But if I, you, I, the viewer doesn't yeah. know that, <laughs> like, I mean, fans called on WCW with the whole lawn dart incident. 
That's Here you have a man on TV who literally just stole a child. Kidnapped a child. You know, you don't think you don't think Matt Walter was sitting here crying about that? No, he's crying because Bad Bunny beat the Miz at WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, for for everybody that doesn't know, it made a grown man cry two years ago at WrestleMania. We were watching WrestleMania 37. And normally, this guy is all for all the baby faces. Like, he's the wrestling is still real type person. And he's always in, in favor of the baby faces. But he hates nothing more than celebrities showing up in WWE. So this man was actually cheering for the Miz and John Morrison to beat Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. And then he won. And I just, all night, I just kept saying, Bad Bunny beat the Miz at WrestleMania. And then he cried. Legit tears. I, I know what the first match Alex is going to play in 2K23 next week. Oh, I can't wait. He's going to beat the Miz at WrestleMania, and then we can send the video to the Walter boys. <laughs> that is next week. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if I'm getting it yet. I already ordered it, I guess. I, I, did, it. I did it box by accident. We'll see. We'll see if I if I get good vibes from you guys. Um. Either way, uh, yeah. Uh, turned out to be pretty interesting, and you guys called it on the show last week when we said <clears throat> that Wardlow was going to have the shortest TNT title reign yet and hold it for only a couple days and drop it to Powerhouse Hobbs. We were joking because of the theme of the hot potato, kind of. Oh, um, I wasn't joking. <laughs> some of us were. Some of us were. Some of us were not. You were not joking, and then that is, in fact, what happened. Guys, we got the best return in AEW history this past week. Towards the end of the match, we had Wardlow, we had Hobbs, they were going at it. Wardlow was about to win, and then he got hit in the back with a steel chair by the future AEW first ballot Hall of Famer, QT Marshall. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What the fuck was this? Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato, hot potato. Potato, potato, potato. I just had to throw that in. That's what that was. Can we campaign for the Wiggles to win the AEW Tag Team Championships? Rio's champions, bro. Uh, Black better watch out. I think they could because I think one of the Wiggles had to retire. Pretty yeah. sure he had like a heart attack on stage. Oh my god! Rio's championships, the Wiggles. Oh, and then the world champion can be the chef from the fruit salad song. Hell yeah! Fruit salad. salad. Yummy, yummy. 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 Lee is like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> Lee, this was children's show of our times. I had to mute myself. I was laughing way too hard. Yeah, we we kind of grew up on the Wiggles a little bit, so unfortunately, yeah. we're we're cursed for life. But yeah. yeah, but like fucking this hot potato game with the TNT championship is fucking killing me, guys. Five yeah. title changes in four months. This used to be the best, already most prestigious championship on the show. People cared more about the TNT championship for a long time than they did even about the AEW World Championship. You want to know how I know AEW doesn't care about titles? How? The TNT championship. 
you know, I thought you were going to give us a little more insight there. I, I should have known better. Let's not forget when it was being hot potatoed around this same time last year between Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky and one of the worst fucking feuds I've ever seen on television. Cody Rhodes was involved as well. Yeah, well, yeah, well, right before that. Still, yeah. got, still got five stars. Bro, Meltzer will give anything that moves an AEW five stars. Yeah. And if it's in the Tokyo Dome, it gets seven stars. You know, I know uh, Will last week was kind of touching on the whole Wahoo McDaniels and Ric Flair thing and the title changes going back and forth leading up to like this big moment. Do you guys actually see that happening with the TNT Championship? Or do you oh. think this is more um, reminiscent of how WWE booked the Intercontinental Championship in the early 2010s? This is exactly no you booked the Intercontinental title in the early 2010s. No, no way. This is more like booking of the 24-7 championship. I wouldn't go that far, but I'd say it's not too far off. I'm going that far. Okay, I'll say WCW championship in the year 2000. Oof. (laughs) Oof. That is 100% true. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Um I don't I don't have anything good to say about this. I'm happy for Powerhouse Hobbs because yeah. I thought he should have held the title a little while ago. I'm uh, happy Hobbs is champion. I'm not going to, you know, argue against that, but the fucking hot potato shit's got to stop. Like at that at this point Hobbs is so over as a face or a heel. You could have still had him win the match and you could have had him turn face and you could have had him beat Samoa Joe and I think it would have had a better impact of him winning the title. Well, like yeah. My problem with the whole championship is like, okay, great. Now, how long does it? How long does it last in Power Hobbs' hands? Like, realistically, how long does it last with him? About three weeks. Or, or because you know he's a big guy, they're going to make him hold it a while. Which you know, if you want to like make the title worth a damn, that's what needs to be done. And he's probably should be the guy to do it just because of his size. I think I've got the next couple champions lined up. Hobbs is yeah. going to hold the title for a couple of weeks. He's going to lose it in a final blow-off match against Ricky Starks. And then Ricky Starks is going to lose the title to Juice Robinson, who just debuted by attacking him. No, I'm thinking a little bit different. Okay, All right, where are you going? Next month, AEW is running another Battle of the Belt show. Oh, Lord. Powerhouse Hobbs is going to lose it to Wardlow on that show. No! And Wardlow's going to lose it to Powerhouse Hobbs at Double or Nothing, and then Powerhouse Hobbs is going to lose it to Ricky Starks at All Out. Wow. And then and then Ricky Starks is going to lose it to Juice Robinson at Revolution next year. Yes, long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Somehow Cody Rhodes might still hold the title in the time being, even though he doesn't work for them. No, you know what? Ricky Starks is going to take the TNT title of WWE when he goes and hangs out with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody's going to be like, yeah, I'm WWE champion, but give me that one, too. I held it first. <laughs> and most. Honestly, though, at this rate, Ward- Wardlow might end up beating his record. Wardlow, a two- or three-time TNT champion at this point. Two-time. Two-time? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I hate it. 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 What do we do to fix it? Not book the champion to lose? Have we tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? (laughs) Have we tried control-alt-delete? 
Well, oh, have we tried did, putting it in rice? Did we blow into the pin chargers? Did we blow into the cartridge? Yes. You know, Jade Cargill has a title that looks exactly like this one, but she's held on to it for fucking over a year now. I don't know what the issue is with this. Yeah, I know. It's just a different color. Right. With, like, two different letters on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... I fucking hate Tony Khan. I know, I know Lee, that, that you, you don't hate him as much because he lets you do things. Like, he lets you be on the media calls even though you can't ask questions. I just, I, I hate him. He does the Alex, dumbest, does the dumbest shit. Alex, you better watch what you say because... He has more money than Jim Crockett, and he's not going to stand by and take your shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You know what Jim Crockett had? The ability to book. Oof. Well, Fuck. like, they book good matches, but what, what, like, in my opinion, yeah, it's great that there's a great match, but what's the story? Right, like, and why- that's the same complaint I had about Ring of Honor, AEW. Incorporates a little bit of story in the Dynamite and Rampage, but other than that, it's match after match after match. Yeah, like I'm sitting here, like, like again, I, I just go back to the Brian Cage versus Wardlow match. That's a match that should have had a hell of a storyline to it because it's like two big, mo- you know, monsters. Even though when you look at Wardlow and then you look at Brian Cage, you look at Brian Cage, you're like, uh, he's like a monster, Jack wise, compared to Wardlow. And, like, again, look at, like, you have Wardlow in, in Powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs is a fucking monster compared to Wardlow. Like, they're trying to, like, I don't know how they were trying to build Wardlow, like, if he's, like, the next Goldberg or something, but he's clearly, like, the Gilberg of the of the company compared to every other big man that's there. Sorry, Dwayne Gill, I like you. By the way, youtube.com slash person on the top rope. We've interviewed Dwayne Gill. He's awesome. He's actually our first interview on our YouTube page if you want to go to check it out. Um, the last thing I'll say on Wardlow, and then we're going to move on to a couple last touching points on AEW. That man's charisma went out the window when his ponytail got cut off. 100%. I agree. I don't know what happened, but he was he was carrying all of that in that fucking ponytail. Well, they didn't yeah, now- fucking good when they did that angle i mean the you angle like, was stupid he looks generic as hell without it you know how in like the video games they have like preset wrestlers in like the create a character type deal yeah, with, like preset hair That's yeah more... he's like yeah he's one of those now that he what literally he looks like one of the presets that you can choose yeah that's what he is now he's a preset to like wwe create a wrestler He's default character number four. Ooh, we... that's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Bodybuilder. They even have a theme song for it, and I'm not lying. We're going to move on from that, though, and we're going to talk to Blackpool Combat Club. We talked about it a minute ago when we were talking about Ring of Honor. Eddie Kingston shows up, challenges Claudio. Claudio brushes him off. Kind of seemed like a little bit of a heelish move, if you ask me. And for a while, Blackpool Combat Club, even though they kind of ride the line of tweener, had been mostly baby faces. Um, you know, they'd feuded with a lot of heels. That all changed this past week on AEW. Uh, Claudio and Moxley had a match with Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order. Moxley ends up choking out. Uh, so, no, Reynolds. Reynolds is the one with the hair, right? 
Yes, Reynolds is the one. Yeah. yeah, he ends up choking uh, out Reynolds. Reynolds taps, the match ends, he lets go of him, and then he gets back on, puts the bulldog choke back in, and ends up choking him out again. And then Evil Uno comes out, and then all three members of the Blackpool Combat Club all jump him and start beating the living hell out of him, and we're kind of seeing more of a heel turn. We thought that was kind of going to be it, and that they were just going to beat them down, and it was going to be more moving on to the BCC and the Dark Order. But then... Much to our dismay, the feud that will simply never end, even though the man literally said earlier in the show that it was over, Hangman Adam Page comes to the rescue, and it appears that his business with John Moxley is still not over. Lee, I know you're going to have a lot to say about that. No, it doesn't fucking need to happen again. No, just no. Like, no. Like, again... It's like one step forward, two steps back. I can't have the two steps back anymore. It's driving me fucking crazy with this company. Also, partly why like I, I really don't watch now because it's it's just annoying. Uh, I did see like there was like some sort of like vignette also, uh, like after AEW uh, Dynamite or something like where, uh, it was after Revolution or whatever and. He was like sitting on the floor and was like, maybe I don't need to do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And like, then he like walks off or whatever. Right. So. Hangman Page and Moxley don't need to wrestle again. My second thing is going to be, did John Moxley bleed in this match? No, okay. I don't think he did. Oh, geez. Finally. Okay. Um, yeah, that, was, that was his heel turn. He's not bleeding anymore. Yeah, he's like, I'm done with this. Um, Lee, to correct you, um, we're going to talk about that in a moment. That was actually Brian Danielson that was sitting on the floor doing the interview, not Hangman Adam Page. Um, but we're going to talk about that anyway, so I'm glad you brought it up. I just want to get your guys' opinions. Do you think Blackpool Combat Club as heels is a good idea? Do you think, like, where do you think this leads? Uh, just give me, Justin, give me some thoughts on it. I'm up for it because I think it's a different change of pace for everyone in that group. Uh, especially in this company. Uh, I'll be honest, I really think it should have been Hangman Page with the heel turn coming out of this Moxley feud. I hate the fact that it's continuing because, you know, they just had a fucking Texas death match for, uh, earlier this week. And I don't think there's much you can do after you do a Texas death match. But, hey, whatever, they're going to they're gonna do whatever they want to do. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not interested in hangman moxley anymore no because like the as, as much as i couldn't stand the feud before the way that they ended the match was perfect right dude all they they have to have an explosion match now what are you talking about not again please not the explosion's again. gonna go pew. Ah, <laughs> for all of you listening i don't know if this will convey on the actual show but as soon as justin went Pew! Lee is currently taping from his phone for this episode, and as soon as he went pew, his phone vibrated and just went and it That's was, what it's going to sound like. Yeah, that's what it's going to sound like. That's all the explosion that we needed. Um, For me, dude, I just I don't I didn't need any more of Hangman Page involved. I could have been okay with either of them going healed but like they don't need to be involved anymore hangman page got the upper edge it kind of gave him a little more edge to his character um with the the damage of him choking mox out so like i had 
good faith for Hangman Page going out of this match. But yet again, and like you guys know, I'm a huge Hangman Adam Page fan, and it's just like it's what Lee said. It's one step forward, two steps back. There's so many different times that you could have positioned this guy as the top top star of your company. He's the one of the few people that is able to continue his momentum with the fans, no matter what shitty thing he gets put through. And they're just like, nah, we're good. You're going to go feud with somebody for nine months. He's literally becoming the Dolph Ziggler of AEW. Oof. Like 2013 Dolph Ziggler. Like he's still winning matches, but he's not going to be the champion again. Yeah, but AEW already has Ryan, Nick's brother. Yeah, no, that that doesn't count. They got they already got a Ziggler wannabe. That doesn't count. Listen, um, this, like... <sighs> Hangman is boring to me. Like, great matches. We saw, I mean, I don't know. The booking for his world championship run was just god-awful. Did nothing for him. It was so confusing, like, how you could book that mad that bad when he was, at that point, the hottest superstar in the company. But they never they never portrayed him as the hottest superstar in the company on their show. No, even though the fans knew he was, even when he was world champion. But I'm going to say this as AEW as overall. Great matches, but the lack of storytelling just every time makes me feel like I'm watching an indie show. Yeah. I can't. It's hard to get past, and it's worth and, and oh, Justin, I swear to God, if you call me a mark, it reflects on the ratings. Do it, Justin. You fucking mark. Okay. Ratings Nobody cares about the ratings, anymore. Mark. Wins and losses don't matter. Tell that to AEW then, because they're the one who track wins and losses. Barely. They don't fucking keep up with those ranking systems anymore. No, but they continually still say wins and losses matter in AEW. Right. Like. Like, clearly Wardlow's not leaving the TNT title picture. Clearly Hangman Adam Page and John Moxley aren't finished. I have a feeling that somehow MJF and Brian Danielson are not done, even though Brian Danielson's taking some time off. I have a feeling he's coming back and he'll come right back to to MJF. We're we're going right back to FTR and the guns, which I will only be okay with if it results in them winning the AEW tag team championships. It has to be. It like there's, there's no other outcome. It has to be. Like it literally it has to be. Um, I have my own theory about the Danielson stuff. Like the only thing that was new on this fucking show was Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks. That I'm actually intrigued about. Right. And that'll probably be a uh, one-match program that ends on Rampage next week. That Ricky Starks will win. Yeah, listen, I thought it was really cool that the Disciples' son debuted on AEW. Does no one get that one? No, I, I couldn't pick up on it. Yeah, oh, we're too young. Juice, Ro- all right, Juice Robinson. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. He looks just like the Disciple of WCW, AKA. Yeah. Egg. It's there. It is there. Rock hard. You know, like rock hard. <laughs> I. Uh... Oh, if I was married to Tony Storm, I'd be rock hard constantly too. But you know, 
<laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot he was married to Tony Storm. I would love to, I I want to know where this is going. Will there be more New Japan Bullet Club people coming in? Like what's what's happening here? Or is it just going to be juice? What are we getting? I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of over the Bullet Club invasions of all companies. It just seems like something that's filler when they don't have anything to do. So I'd rather it just be centered around Juice himself. Uh, We've seen an impact. We saw when the Bullet Club slash Elite reunited. I just I I doesn't do anything for me anymore. Um, So I'd rather just see them work as separate acts and not have the whole entire Bullet Club come in at least. However, I will say it's kind of cool that both members of Finn Juice. David Finley Jr. and Juice Robinson are both in the Bullet Club now. Yeah, uh, David Finley is the leader of Bullet Club. I'm sorry, it's weak as fuck. <laughs> right, I would have, I would have put Kenta at that position. Just no, nah, I'm not, not feeling it. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I talk. I haven't been feeling the Bullet Club since like six years now it feels like yeah for me i was kind of over it um i would say kind of after around like when AEW started when kenny wasn't in it anymore because kenny did a good job no 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 when they started doing the infighting between kenny and cody in new japan i was kind of over it at that point um that was the peak yeah, that was that was kind of the peak and everything after that because AEW started, everybody left. They were trying to come up with different mismatches. I, I I personally don't think that was actually the peak. I think that was just like the last big thing. I I think the peak was when AJ was the leader of Bullet Club. I think after AJ Styles left and went to WWE, it hasn't been the same since. Fair. Yeah. Um. Will be interesting. I would be okay with David Finley showing up, only because of him and Finn having former tag team together that they could maybe enter into the AEW World Tag Team Championship scene. I'd be okay with that. I don't think AEW really needs any more Bullet Club interaction, though. I think it's kind of overused at this point. That's just my two cents, and I'm sticking to it. But we're gonna move on to WWE NXT. Before uh, um, before we move on to that, um, okay, what do you got? Two, two things. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to say my theory on the Brian Danielson stuff, and you know him possibly leaving, going home, whatever. Uh, two words, and not even two words, just a a letter and a number. Uh, G one. Hmm. And yeah, that's where I see that going. And do we want to mention Tony Khan's major announcement this week? Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so uh, the All Atlantic Championship is no more now you're saying probably in your head oh my god they realize they have too many fucking belts and decide to eliminate one wrong not the case uh to help promote warner brothers and the upcoming movie shazam fury of the gods the all atlantic championship is now the aew international championship and the first defense will be next week when orange cassidy defends the title against Jeff Jarrett. That's J double F J A double R E double T. How the fuck does that help promote a goddamn fucking movie? <laughs> how how in the blue fuck 
a title all Atlantic to international help a fucking movie called Shazam. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't understand it either, but Am Championship. That's fucking great. Get the guy who plays the lead fucking role. He better learn how to fucking wrestle. Cause if the guy from fucking Arrow can do it, then fucking Shazam better be able to learn how to fucking wrestle. If Shaquille O'Neal can learn how to fucking wrestle, Shazam, get your ass in that fucking ring. If Brett Azar from fucking Young Rock can debut a few weeks ago, then Shazam, get your fucking ass in the ring for this change of the name of the fucking title because it's fucking ridiculous. If that's the case, it was to promote a fucking movie. You change a title to promote a movie. If that is the case, no. I'm guessing Lee didn't know that was the reason behind behind the change. I'm guessing uh, so as well. Uh, you're serious? That's the real reason. No, that's, that's the real reason. Go. You can you can find the video on Twitter. How the how how does that help promote a fucking movie? I said, I think the real reason is I think they were getting more of a push from Warner Brothers to change the title, the name of the title, and they wanted it done. So Tony Khan came up with this stupid ass reason why. But we did agree. We did agree. The naming of this title actually does sound a little bit better than the All-Atlantic Championship. All-Atlantic sounds like fucking corny as all hell. Yeah, for for me and Lee, at least, um, this kind of gives it more of an intercontinental title feel. Not feel, but name. Um. I'm okay with the name change. There's just so many different ways he could have gone about it. Uh, by the way, make it make it worth more than the fucking hot potato championship because just because it's a TV title, Christ Disco Inferno held a TV championship. Okay, Cassie has had the title for a while now. <laughs> okay, well they need to make that more prestigious. They I need to make. I think it already is now. Right, but but it's a it's already ruined for me now that I know it, it's changed because of fucking Shazam. Like getting Shazam, getting the fucking ring and go one on one for the international fucking championship because it was changed because of your ass. Yeah, that's like he it. said. That's it. Unless it's Orange Cassidy versus Shazam, I'm not interested. Not interested. It's got to be Orange Cassidy versus Shazam for the international Shazam championship. All right. And we will switch it up on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, WWE NXT Roadblock was this past week. We had some actual good booking on this past show. You didn't that know a, that show happened either, huh? Is that a pay-per-view? No, they did it on on, on Tuesday. It was like an uh they did it as like a, a version of their weekly episode of NXT. They've done that a lot with some some lesser shows lately. Oh, so like try and make it feel special for ratings. Yeah, no, it's actually kind of worked a little bit here and there. So I guess it's funny that AEW can't do it with their shows, but NXT, which was floundering a year ago, is is back and being able to do it. Uh, Lee, you may not have watched. I know you didn't watch, but I think when Justin and I talk about it a little, uh, the, the booking of this show actually kind of reminded me of the NXT of old. Um, we had, for starters, an Excellent, excellent segment regarding the NXT championship and the booking of it going forward to NXT stand and deliver WrestleMania weekend. 
we've all been uh that have been paying attention to nxt even if we haven't been happy with the product there's one match we've wanted to see since braun breaker won the championship and this man this other man has been in the up-and-coming nxt superstars um it's been only a matter of time before it happens in this past week we finally got word it is official after a promo segment in the ring we are going to see an NXT stand to deliver Braun Breaker defend the NXT Championship against Carmelo Hayes. I'm I'm pumped for this match, man. Dude. This is the, this is the biggest match they can do in NXT right now for the the NXT Championship on NXT's biggest stage at Stand and Deliver. And and this feels like the way they booked this. It, it's giving me major old NXT vibes. They, you know, they floundered with some of these guys at the beginning, but they've booked some of these guys back up. And Carmelo Hayes is easily the breakout star of NXT, more so than Braun Breaker, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, not that Braun's bad. I like Braun, but uh, Carmelo Hayes has the it factor, and there's no denying it. Right. So the guy, the guy just oozes charisma, and you know what he says on TV. Every time he shoots, it's nothing but net, and he's proven that over the last year, especially with his North American Championship reigns. Absolutely. Uh, I, in a perfect world, would like to see Ron Breaker lose the championship to Carmelo so he can go on a lengthy run, and then Ron would, in my opinion, be the best option for an NXT superstar to debut on the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania. Oh, 100%. I even said this last week when we were talking about the potential of John Cena versus Austin Theory at Mania that you could have Cena win the title just to drop it to Braun Breaker a couple of days later in a, in a, a, a statement of a match. And that would be the takeoff of Braun Breaker's career. Um, that was amazing. We also saw the introduction of Dragon Lee in the crowd at NXT Roadblock. Uh, I'm assuming this is going to lead to his first match at State and Deliver, probably against someone lower on the card probably more of like a showcase win. And then we get off to the start of Dragon Lee's career in WWE and NXT. And um, we also saw a little bit of a throwback with the NXT women's title match. We saw Roxanne Perez defend her title successfully against Mako Satomura. But after the match, she started stumbling a little bit, started seeming like she was woozy, and then she collapsed right into the ring. Very of Shawn Michaels back in the 90s after he straight up collapsed after a match. I mean, in, this two, isn't... in two weeks, Roxanne's going to come on NXT TV talking about how she lost her smile. Probably. This isn't the first oh. time, this isn't the first time too that Shawn Michaels has um, taken storylines of his from the past and kind of found their, wove their way into NXT too. We saw the same thing when JC Jane turned on Gigi Dolan and ended Toxic Attraction. The similar ding dong ditch sage we saw kind of a throwback to Shawn Michaels kicking Marty Jannetty through um, and throwing him through the window of Brutus the Barber Cave beef uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcakes oh barbershop wow that, <laughs> that was that was difficult I'm losing my touch I'm I think I'm gonna lose my smile honestly oh no um but honestly this move just like the other one got over with the crowd. The crowd seemed genuinely concerned. They even added the little touch of Booker T getting up from commentary to go and check on her. They're making it seem like it is a realistic thing that is happening. Be interesting to see where it goes. Maybe stand and deliver. She challenges Mako to a rematch because she's not happy that she didn't leave on her own two feet. Well, it sounds like at stand and deliver, it'll be uh 
because of her win here, Roxanne Perez versus Tiffany Stratton. Nobody so, wants to see that. What, what do you mean no one wants to see that? Who's Tiffany Stratton? Exactly. <laughs> My point exactly. Listen, so I think they did this angle for the reason, you know, Roxanne walks into this match with Tiffany Stratton in a few weeks and she's not at 100%. And then that sets up a rematch for Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne at a later date. Who's Tiffany Stratton? Yeah. Daddy's girl. Oh, well, she doesn't have that gimmick anymore. Um, no. What is she's she? she's she's rip off Mandy Rose. Well, then when you don't have the original anymore, I guess, you know. Yeah, that does nothing for me. I'd rather have Mako in a rematch. They could have gone with Alba. She's too busy being a witch now. Wherever the fuck that's going. Um, I don't know. It's just I, I'd rather have I'd rather have a rematch with Mako. Um, you could even like who in her PJs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, isn't that just? Oh, that was what was her name? Yeah, she, she was in. She uh, actually uh, Wendy Chu. She's injured right now. So she was can... in uh, Shan or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was Wendy Chu. Yeah. Yeah, she was the creepy one. Yeah, she was. What the fuck was her name? Um, yeah, the... I can't remember it right now. Mm. Fuck. No. Um. Yeah, I'd rather have her face Mako again. You give Mako the win again. Move her up to Raw or SmackDown. I think she's already ready. Um, she was ready before she came to NXT after she did time in Ring of Honor as Roxy. So that's my opinion on that. And then in my opinion, the best segment of the night, we had the Grayson Waller effect with special guest Shawn Michaels, the commissioner, the general manager, whatever you would like to call him of NXT. They get in the ring. Waller challenges Shawn Michaels to a match at Stand and Deliver. And Shawn says, listen, he goes, you're not the first person to ask me for a dream match. Guys have been asking me for a dream match at WrestleMania for the past 10 years. He goes, the guys that drive the Brinks cash truck, they come by so many times that they all know my address by heart. He goes, you're not any different. You're just the guy to do it in 2023. He goes, nothing would make me happier than to kick your ass at stand and deliver. But this guy wants to do it even more. And in a twist that I didn't see coming, we're finishing a story that started over a year ago on Johnny Gargano's return to NXT. Uh, back over a year ago, when Johnny had decided he was going to take some time off from being a superstar in WWE because he was going to become a father, he was actually written off the show with an attack by Grayson Waller. Right. And this is another case of accidental long-term booking because you never knew for sure that Johnny was going to come back. Right, a year ago, we didn't know if we were ever going to get an ending to the story. Right. Never knew at all. Um, but I love it because nobody saw it coming. And the crowd went fucking nuts. Oh, that was Johnny Gar- That was the loudest pop I've heard in NXT since Johnny Gargano's farewell match. Right. That, Lee, if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. The crowd, that's like an old NXT pop when Johnny Gargano came back. Um, he goes for the super kick, misses, and it has been made official that Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller will face off. It's stand to deliver, which I'm going to go ahead and say that could be tough competition for Carmella Hayes and Braun Breaker for match of the night. I I can't disagree with you. Uh, the story's behind it as well, and it's like, you know, I'm glad this match is happening because we get to, you know, 
tie up those loose ends on the Grayson Waller and Johnny Gargano story. You know, I never thought I was going to be a fan of Grayson Waller when he first debuted in NXT. Neither did I. He's one of my favorites. The kid is so good. He is so charismatic. He's good in the ring. His finisher is unique, although I don't know if like that's going to really hold up as a finisher in the long term. Lee, he essentially runs from the outside of the ring, jumps through the bottom and middle rope. And is it, is it a DDT that he delivers, Justin? Uh, stunner. A stunner, yeah. He he. So here's the ring. He goes under the ropes, does like a somersault through it, jumps up and stuns them. It's really cool to watch. But like I don't know long term on the main roster how that's going to hold up as a finisher. You're going to constantly have to find new ways to set it up is going to be the issue. Yeah, because if not, it's it's going to get old real quick, but it works in NXT. Um, yeah, I think they're going to give Carmelo and Braun some stiff competition. That's what she said. You are inappropriate. Row up. But ladies and gentlemen, time to talk about WrestleMania. We're going to talk about the updated card. We're going to talk about some matches that were announced this past week on Monday Night Raw. I'm sure that there may be more to come on SmackDown later than tonight. There might be more on Raw next week. But we had three matches announced for WrestleMania weekend on Monday Night Raw. First one it is official. We are getting Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Justin, you're going to go first because I know you love yourself some Logan Paul. Yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. But uh, anyway, honestly, the promo that they did on Raw this past week completely has sold me on this match, and it's one of the matches I'm actually really looking forward to at WrestleMania this year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here. I'm not sick. Don't worry. Uh, I I did just say that. Do you have a Do you have a temperature? No, I'm I'm dead serious. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins. We've talked about on the show is just at the top of his game, putting out top level matches constantly and, with anybody right any anyone he gets put with he it's always you know a top tier match and you know i don't think that's going to be any any exception with logan paul uh logan paul we've seen a handful of times in the last year and i'm excited to see what they're going to do at wrestlemania and i actually think it's been confirmed for night one and i think that was accidentally confirmed by logan paul but yeah, it should be probably definitely going to be the, one of the more fun matches of the weekend, I think. Did you see that when he arrived at Raw, uh, this was a digital exclusive. Did you see the video of Logan Paul going on a hunt for John Cena? Uh, I So I watched the clip without audio because it kind of popped up in my Facebook feed, but mm-hmm. I didn't know it was to hunt for John Cena. <laughs> yeah, because he still wants that match with John Cena. It was a digital exclusive, like a funny one. And he was literally going through the halls looking for John Cena. It was hilarious. Um, we're getting a yeah. much better uh, substitute for John Cena this year, but we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm down with the Seth Rollins Logan Paul match. I didn't know going into Rumble that this is where they were going. And if you'd told me this a couple months ago, I probably would have been pissed because I would have been like, you know, Seth deserves, deserves way better than that. Right. But the booking on this has been really good. I like how they've intertwined the Miz. Back in this, he does have history with Logan Paul. I have a feeling with his stature as the host of WrestleMania, he might get involved with this match somehow. Whether that's changing the rules or actually getting involved, restarting a match, whatever. Um, it'll be interesting to see on that end. And can we just talk about how Seth Rollins is doing the absolute best right now? You have every single show this man walks into, including 
WWE Live in Syracuse, New York this past weekend, March 4th. You will see the vlogs coming out soon for the show that Lee, Justin, and I went to, went to our very first WWE show together. And during that show, we saw Seth Rollins in the main event against Austin Fury, and you guys were there. We were singing Seth Rollins' theme song the entire match. Oh, yeah. So much so that Austin Theory got pissed off. When they did the introduction, Seth actually took the mic and would say, and weighing in at You Suck from You Suck, Austin Theory, You Suck. Um, Same thing with the Logan Paul segment. They were chanting his theme song the entire time. Seth Rollins' theme song is so over that when John Moxley hit a curb stomp on Hangman Adam Page at Revolution, the AEW crowd started singing Seth Rollins' theme song. Right. The thing for me is, if you've listened to this show long enough, you know I used to shit on Seth Rollins. I hated Seth Rollins. More than anybody. Voice. I still hate his voice. But I think finally found something at least for him that works for me that makes me like him it's just so charismatic over the top the clothes you know he's admitted he can't dance but you know his theme song is so catchy that fans in the audience just sing it the entire time and he can't come out like a normal wrestler. Like you can't come out like a normal wrestler like that. So no. he has to dance, but he's admitted he's like, I can't dance. I have no rhythm. And it, it's it's just but it works. It all works. Justin whatever. His, his theme is so over when we were in the parking garage at the show that we all went to. Lee and I were walking back to the car and you could hear Seth Rollins' theme being sung through the whole parking garage on Echo. I uh yeah. Some believe it, and um, it's just wild to me that the th- it's the theme. That theme has like changed, like the whole complexion of Seth Rollins himself. That and the the Drip King attire, the fact that he comes out with something different every week, the fans look forward to it. Lee had a ball this past week when Seth Rollins came out looking like fruit stripe gum. Oh, absolutely. And uh, guys, I found the TNT Championship. <gasps> there it is. What the fuck? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am your new AEW TNT champion. Wouldn't surprise me. Lee, you better hope Wardlow doesn't listen to this. Yeah, bring it, Berg Wannabe. <laughs> oh! But yeah, now looking forward to Logan Paul, Seth Rollins. Um, also announced for WrestleMania weekend, we have a six-woman tag team match between Damage Control, Becky Lynch, Lita, now the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, and Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. I think we all saw this one coming. Still super psyched. Something about the team of Trish, Lita, and Becky just looks so badass. Can we just talk about how Trish Stratus is 47 years old and she ages like fine wine? I'm going to say this. This is definitely better than the match they had planned. What was the one that they had planned? 
it was going to be a for the titles. It was going to be Ronda Rousey and Shayna taking on Lita and Becky, but Ronda's injured and not will will not make uh, WrestleMania. If she does, it's probably going to be in some sort of non physical role. God bless. Deal. Or they just have her stand on the apron the whole time. Imagine that Ronda Rousey and catering. God bless. I'm over the Ronda Rousey experiment. Yeah, it hasn't been good since she came back. No. Yeah, I think it was great, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, out of the four horsewomen, Shayna's the one that excelled. Right. You know, Marina's now in AW. Jasmine's uh, wherever. Yeah, she's on Twitch. On Twitch. <laughs> That's about it. Good for her. She's probably making more money than Marina is in AW. Well, Marina cuts promos like she's fucking Dusty Rhodes in the in the territories. Lee remembers when we watched AEW Dark in Albany. Oh, I was just about to bring that up. Oh my god, it was terrible. Yeah, Jasmine's probably making more money than she is. And I quote, we listened to at least 27 times. You don't know me. You know me. You don't know me. Ridiculous. Anywho, yes, thank you. Anywho, anywho, I love the team of Becky, Lita, and Trish, and it just elevates Becky to even higher of a level to be associated with the other two greatest women in WWE history. When it when it's all said and done, Charlotte and Becky are the Lita and Trish of this generation, so it's really cool to be able to see those generations interact. Yeah, I feel bad for Damage Control because they're just gonna fucking lose again. <laughs> oh yeah, Bailey's gonna tap out in the middle of the ring. I mean, I was also inclined to say that, like, someone like EO Sky is probably going to take the L. Nah, I don't. I, uh, I think it's the Dakota's on the other side, so let's keep on uh, keep in mind that. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is gonna be the moment where Bailey taps out in the middle of the ring in front of everybody to the disarmer. I think you'll see at the end the other two members of Damage Control get taken out. Bailey is going to take a Stratus Faction and then a Twist of Fate and then tap out. Okay, interesting. I like that. Yeah, I think it'll be a fun match, though, having all three of them back. And then my personal favorite match that was announced this past week, we have Austin Theory defending the United States Championship against 16-time world champion. John Cena and Lee, I gave you a little stat the other day that was actually incorrect. I told Lee the other day that I believed if Cena won this match that he would have the most reigns as United States champion because I had thought before this that Brett had the most um, and that I thought that Cena winning would beat him. Cena winning puts him into, I believe, second place with five or six U.S five U.S. title reigns, and the record is actually held by Ric Flair. Okay, then. WCW United States champion. Ah, so he shares another record with Ric Flair. Ah. Well, I think, yeah, no, I think he'll, I think he'll still be in second place. I think Rick's at seven and Cena would be at six, Uh, I think. I got you. Because I think Cena's at five right now. Yeah, it's he's at four or five right now. It's one of the two. I know that. Let's let's find out. I gotta look this up real quick. I know he had the two in twenty fifteen, and then I think he had two in two thousand four. Hmm. Let's find out real quick. We'll do a little. No, he might. 
He might be five because he won it back and then he lost it to Carlito like the next he's, show. He's a five-time United States yeah, champion. That, so, okay, that does make sense. Yep. Yeah, so winning it would put him in the second place because Ric Flair holds the the record with seven. I believe right now Cena is tied with Bret Hart and Lex Luger. They are at either five or four. I don't remember. Either way, he's in he's in the picture. Um the promo, have- the, the promo that Cena hit on Austin Theory, guys, was incredible. Oh, yeah. It was all shots delivered. There was just no no freaking way that he was letting him defeat him on the mic. There was no way. Cena shot. It's shots fired. It was shots fired. But I think Straight. it was I think it was what the Austin Theory character needed. He basically said your prototype version of John Cena right now. And if you beat me, I know he said, if I beat you, you're done. The crowd's going to see you as a joke. If you beat me, you're still done. Cause you got to walk out on the raw after WrestleMania and deal with the crowd. That's going to be waiting for you. And they're going to be pissed. But I think this might actually be what Austin theory needs to go to that next level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also know that John Cena is going to have a movie to promote with the Ninja Turtles. So I can see them putting it on them. Keeping them there for a little while. Promote the movie. After all, they did do, Justin, as you remember, being a figure collector. They did do a Ninja Turtle WWE spinoff figure. So uh, maybe you could even see round two of that. Well, look, since Cena has a movie to promote, do you think they'll change the name of the United States Championship to, like, the North American Championship? I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. You him. Yeah, so that's going to be a good one. Um, I'm I'm very excited for that match. So aside from the three matches that we just mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tie up the rest of WrestleMania cards so far. We now have just said we have Austin Theory and John Cena for the WWE United States Championship. We've got Trish Lita and Becky versus Damage Control. We have Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. Other than that, we have Gunther defending the Intercontinental Championship in a match to be determined on SmackDown tonight. There is a fatal five-way match between Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, yeah. Xavier, Xavier Woods, and Karrion Cross, I believe. Correct. Yes. Yes. So we will know by the end of tonight who will be facing Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Justin and I have theories that there's going to be some sort of wonky finish somehow where both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre get the win. They're pushing for it to really seem like Drew's going to win the match and go on to face Gunther, but I just don't see them leaving Sheamus out of this title picture going into media. I think the perfect way to tie up Gunther's reign is for Sheamus to finally win the Intercontinental Championship, and I think it needs to happen at WrestleMania. They're going to swerve us and have Karrion Cross win. Shut up. Who who let him on this show? I don't know. Like, who even allowed him to like be a co-host? We have to rethink who we allow on the show from now on. Yeah, maybe we should have Mantar instead. I'm down with Mantar, but I'm also looking at Danhausen as his replacement. Justin, the only way you're allowed on the show from here on out Ever. is if you have Danhausen paint or a Mantar mask on. If you ever replace me with Danhausen on this show, I will send a cease and desist to both of you that I want all archived audio with myself removed from Perched on the Top Rope effective immediately. 
You can't you can't send us a, a cease and desist if I copyright your likeness first. You can't copyright my likeness. Really? Because WWE does it to people. Well, okay, I use my real name on this show. I don't use a, a work name. But yeah, I'll copyright your gimmick. What gimmick? You. You being a figure collector. You'll never be able to collect again. What yep. about Lee? He's a figure collector. Yeah, but I'm... this is not you, not me. Yeah. So watch it, bub. I have the U.S. copyright page up right now. Test me. So, so if you like your figures, you better not. Yeah, because if you end up breaking that copyright, all of your figures get sold and all the money goes to Danhausen. Or I, Dan. I acknowledge both of you. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Either way, I'd like to see the Seamus story wrap up at WrestleMania in front of the crowd. I think that'd be pretty great. Uh, other than that, we have Asuka taking on Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley facing Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The long-awaited match between Brock Lesnar and Omas. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You just lost all credibility. Everybody loves that. And for the WWE Universal Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World, we have Roman Reigns taking on the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Another man who's just as over as Seth Rollins right now can barely get through his theme song without people saying, whoa! So... That's what we've got for the WrestleMania card right now. Um, other than that, rumors that we've got going into this match. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out in SmackDown and Raw this next week. The other rumored matches that we have right now leading into the show are the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Universal Tag, uh, the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, and Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt. And uh, Ray and Dominic. Oh, yeah, Ray and Dominic, too. Ex-Con Dom, I love him. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what the WrestleMania card is looking like right now. Next week, we will probably have more to add to this. Who knows? Maybe there will be a Hall of Fame announcement by next week. We'll have to tune in and find out next week. Right, guys? Maybe by next year's WrestleMania, we'll have a Hall of Fame announcement. For this year. That's right. And speaking of tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You can listen to all our interviews, watch those interviews that you hear here on the podcast. Guys like Kevin Nash, Booker T, Jeff Jarrett, Jake the Snake Roberts, Gilberg, Murphy, or or as you know him now as uh, Buddy Matthews in AEW. Uh, plenty of other stuff too. Unboxing videos, uh, vlogs from us going to wrestling shows. We have a vlog with the three of us coming up from Syracuse, New York, from the WWE Road to WrestleMania tour. Uh, we also have one coming up with Justin and I going to New York City for the big event. And there'll be another one with Justin and I at WrestleMania. So make sure you go to youtube.com slash perch on the top rope and check that out. You can also check out Justin's YouTube page at youtube.com slash injustin we injustice injustin we trust oh my god why was that a tongue twister for me today it's just in Justin yeah there we go we're all in Justin yeah uh, we're as all his vlogs after all there's a reason why we call him Mr. 104 is because he's been to 104 shows and counting you can also go to twitch.tv slash perks on the top rope where you will catch the adorable one on Sundays streaming wrestling related games, 
non-wrestling related games and he's got something really cool coming up i'm not gonna tell you what it is but just know it involves wrestling themes Mm -hmm. it involves wrestling themes and an old game which everybody may know it's gonna be fun but later this week we have coming up on twitch tv slash perched on the top rope i will be playing higher than life not a wrestling game but it is if any of you have watched rick and morty it is the new video game that came out recently by the creators of rick and morty i've already delved into it a little bit it's really fun to watch it's almost like you're watching the show so i will be playing through my story mode on that so you guys can tune in and kind of uh, see what the game's about if you haven't played it and you're interested heck yeah and don't forget you go to facebook.com slash perch on the top rope where we are rounding up on eleven thousand likes Thank you. You can check us out on Instagram at Person on the Top Row Podcast, where we post hilarious memes and more. Speaking of things hilarious, you can check us out on TikTok at Person on the Top Row, where we post uh, hilarious things like Kevin Sullivan getting humped by a dog. That's right. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan from WCW, getting humped by a dog. You can also check us out on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can also check us out anywhere and everywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, you name it. We are there. And all of you who have kept us on Chartable, Italy and Ireland, thank you. And for the other countries such as America, Great Britain, Canada, Australia, Germany, thank you for tuning in and listening. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Remember, spoiler-free is the way to be. We're out. Mm-hmm.